You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Where to go? Tell me where to go. Happy New Year, wishing you all the best for the forthcoming year and forthcoming decade. Welcome to the best bits of Fully Booked Meets from 2019. We start off with a great interview we had with the the um, the guy known as the Millionaire Clown, but you might know him as James Sinclair. Gave us a great insight into business. We spoke about his TED Talk. We spoke about his future objectives. We spoke about how he got in the game. Enjoy the listen. I so, so basically I started off as a kids entertainer uh, and I think one of the key differences with uh, my journey to most people's journeys is I had this real vision of what the end looked like you know and I think when you look at successful people I think with the end in mind um, and if you've read the seven habits of highly effective people and that yeah. is so it, and it doesn't it doesn't have to be taught. It's just something that they naturally do. And I, and I sort of reference people that do well in education, do this as well, or people that do well in a career. You know, when someone says, you know, I want to be managing director, or I want to be a vet, a doctor, a lawyer. When they know why they want to go through education, they're always more successful. And the same is for entrepreneurs and business owners. When they can actually say, well, this is what I'm going to build. Um, they know the destination. Then the journey is so much easier to plot out. Um, so. I knew I wanted to own visitor attractions. I knew that I wanted to build a family entertainment brand. And um, so my first step was going out doing kids parties. So when I was 16, I was earning about 1,500 quid a week doing kids parties. I invested that into property, remortgaged them, um, borrowed loads of money from a load of people, 21 different lenders when I was 20 years old. And we opened our first family entertainment center. Risky stuff, but it paid off, you know. And when you first started, did you have mentors? Because I know in the book you've spoken about how good mentors are. Yeah. But in the in the beginning, so no. when you was at your early ages, at the early no, stage. I suppose the, the the biggest thing I think I attribute a lot of success to is I got hold of losing my virginity by Sir Richard Branson mm. when I was 16 years old um, and I read that book and that sort of set me in the path you know uh, because what he really gave me permission to do he said look if someone's not good at something you just employ someone else I to do it and the problem is in the UK and I'm sure it's uh, in other countries that there's this phrase if you don't succeed try try again you know our parents teach us that our teachers teach us that um, uh, and that's a problem because actually in the real world if you're not good at something don't do it you know that's what my view is mm -hmm. and especially if you're an entrepreneur a business owner you know you buy in your weaknesses so from the age of 17 I didn't like administration organization cleaning my house so I was 17 years old I employed a cleaner just did it you know I didn't worry about how much it was going to cost because that gave me time and do sales and marketing and, uh, and the, the common trait of great entrepreneurs is being really good at getting customers doing sales building a team and then I got an administrator and by the time I was 18 you know I had 19 I had a team working for me okay. um, and I sacrificed my own personal income really to pay them which not a lot of people prepared to do you spoke you spoke about the <coughs> knowing the end goal from a young age but how did you even get to the point where you knew the end goal? So at 16, for instance, you knew where you wanted to be. How, like, what, what led you up to, to even getting hold of Richard Branson's book? Did you have family influences? Did you have friends? Did you have mentors? What, what, no, was, what was James Sinclair like at 13? Yeah, I think, I think DNA plays a lot of 
um, plays a lot for successful people. Um, they become obsessive over mm -hmm. certain yeah. things. Uh, they have unbelievable amounts of persistence and resilience to yeah. the things they want to do. I wanted to entertain people mm -hmm. and I wanted to build a business around that. I had a passion for that. Um, and I think, you know, you want to be successful, you've got to find the, the, where your passion is, you know, um, because making money, once you've got some money, actually, it becomes, it becomes quite, oh, you know, just more money. It's not the thing, you know. You look at someone again like Sir Richard Branson, right now, this bloke, you know, he's made, he's a multi-billionaire. He's just out Virgin Voyages, his own cruise line ship that's going to go around the Caribbean, the Bahamas and all that. And then on the side of that, he's doing space tourism. Yeah. You know, the, the man doesn't need any more money. It's just obviously his DNA. It's weaved into his fabric. You know, and, and and I I don't think it's for everyone to be the leader of such a thing. You know, Steve Jobs said that most people give up in business because they're saying it's really hard. You're on a this razor edge of success and failure. You know, it's that it literally is that. You know, yeah. and, and to keep going, there is some insanity around you. I mean, you you will. I mean, I did. You know, I didn't go on boys' holidays or family holidays. You know, I worked seven days a week. I DJed in the evening. You know, I had a, a multi-million-pound business, and I was still DJing and doing kids' parties. Unbelievable, you know, because the business was burning so much cash, and it needed as much cash as it could. So that that's why I had to go and get my income elsewhere. You know, and 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 I just don't. You know, I used to think, why well, wouldn't anyone do this? And now I think, well, is that right, actually? You know, is it better to be, you know, you know, middle management in a company, senior management in a company, not actually being the owner that has to deal with all that really hard stress, you know? And, um, so I don't, now I've changed my opinion. I don't tell everyone to be a business owner because I don't think it's cracked up for all it's meant to be, really. Tell me where to go, tell me where to go. Well, I think one of the biggest teachings, like when people come to my seminars, I don't know if you remember Frenchie, when you came to one of my seminars, like the, the core fabric of entrepreneurial teaching is, you know, there's that sign up behind, it's called E plus M equals S. And that's, that's it's entrepreneurship plus management equals success. And there's these two types of DNA that makes a great company tick. If you look at management DNA and entrepreneurship DNA, we call it the entrepreneurship leadership DNA. There's two types of people. I mean, and I, to give you this real example of this would be education. You've got a teacher and you've got a head teacher. Mm -hmm. The teacher needs the head teacher and the head teacher needs the teacher. You know, the, the teacher is managing the kids second to second, minute to minute, hour to hour, literally to get them through their education. But the head teacher is leading the teachers to push them, to drive them, to get them what they want to achieve it works as a plus, you know, it's an equation. Mm -hmm. You know, head teacher plus teacher equals success. You, you, you take the head teacher out of the school, you know, management will, they don't try and break things, they don't try and innovate things, they want a system to work towards and keep it just steady eddy. And that works, and that's great quality management. You know, you look at McDonald's or a franchise business that's successful, the management are working to a system, and then it's the people at the top that have to continue to innovate. Because if you don't innovate a business, you'll evaporate, and it's the entrepreneur that should focus on three key areas, innovation, marketing, and culture. And that's what I look for in my businesses. I don't look at the management day to day, I look at the constant innovation, the constant management, and always trying to improve our culture. Um, and I don't want to agitate management unless I feel we need to because the market's out innovating us. So really what I'm trying to say there is, yeah, 
is you need to have leadership and management to build a successful organisation. And it's two different types of DNA. And I definitely sit on the E camp rather than the M camp. You've, you've spoken on your podcast in terms of the, the traits of the entrepreneurs. Yeah. What would you say some of those traits are? So entrepreneurs like have some really great traits. They have the ability to think with the end in mind. They're hugely passionate. They've got great resilience. They've got natural commercial awareness. Mm -hmm. What do I mean by commercial? They can, you know, they know only beans make five, and they're not taught that. You know, the kid. I mean, I was talking about this on one of our videos today. The kid that sells sweets at school and he buys them for a pound, and he sells yeah. them two pound fifty. No one's taught him that. He's just worked that stuff out. He's got some natural commercial awareness around mm -hmm. him. They're great communicators very good at communication so that they, they, they naturally get more sales now sales isn't just to, you know sell products you know sell to someone to come work for them sell to banks investors to invest in them you know sell to landlords to give them the lease for a property i don't know what it might be but they're very good at communicating they're naturally born marketeers nearly and because they're good communicators they're very good at marketing you know they understand that it's important to bring out books make podcasts videos you know putting stuff on whatever it you know it's changed now rather than newspapers it might be instagram youtube linky dink you know twit book whatever has come out the new thing you know they, they've they've they master this marketing um and they can lead people really well and there's just some of them um, there's there's others but it, it you know, I do think entrepreneurship is a, it has a, a natural DNA, and then I think with mentors and people around you, you can improve on it. Mm. For example, if you look at great sports people, as an analogy that I love to look at, David Beckham, naturally good football player, give him an Alan, um, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson and turns him into world class. But there was a base talent there. So him, his mentor, has turned him from base talent into world class. You know, yeah. you know Simon Cowell might do it for entertainment. You know, you get a great singer, but give them singing lessons, and they go but there was a base talent there first of all and that's what you know I try and tell people that if you've got a base talent for management don't try and shoehorn yourself into entrepreneurship and if you've got a base talent for entrepreneurship don't shoehorn yourself into management if you've got a base talent for being great on camera doing podcasts then and you're not very good at the written word get someone else that's going to take all your content and turn it into great copy yeah. um, and, and, and and I just think that the faster businesses get to realize they that if you you know you don't have to do the bookkeeping you don't have to do all this stuff that if you're not naturally good at it do the stuff you're naturally good at it and buy in your weakness and I don't, I, I just don't subscribe to the problem where people go, well, it's all right for you to say you've got all these turnover, you've turned millions of pounds, it's easy for you to. I'd, no, because when I was 17, I did it. Yeah. You know, you, you just, um, you know, when, when you see entrepreneurs, they go, oh, I've got a virtual assistant. I go, well, I've got a PA. You know, I tell you, I get more time back because I've got a PA rather than a virtual assistant in the bloody Philippines. You know, how can you get more done if, with that mindset, you know? And, and, and I just believe you've got to build a great team around you to get more stuff done. I always say, introduce me to the multimillionaire that hasn't got any team members, hasn't built a team around them. And the answer is no. Do you think... Uh entrepreneurship can be taught I think elements of entrepreneurship can be taught but the real natural players have got base talent mm -hmm. you are never so you know I've been doing performance and entertaining I went to 
done some stage school stuff when I was young. I can't sing or dance. Mm -hmm. No one could bloody teach me to sing or dance, you know. But yeah, stand on stage, maybe entertain Lawrence, make them laugh. I had some natural stuff there, and someone taught me a few more lines and a few more jokes, and I practiced that, and I got better and better. I can't sing. I cannot sing, I cannot dance. Mm -hmm. You can't teach me to do it. You know, I think with entrepreneurship, there's entrepreneurial traits, but you've got to have that base DNA talent um, to be an outstanding person. Now, I'm not saying that someone couldn't get me to just be okay at singing, mm -hmm. but I'd never be outstanding because, you know, I've, you know it's not for, you know, entrepreneurs think differently you know they they seek opportunity most people don't seek opportunity they want to have a happy life they want to spend more time with their families you know the, the amount of times that you know that entrepreneurship has sucked up so much of my quality life mm. and I just don't wish that on anyone it's so much better being you know a managing director or a senior director for a business you can still and work for this great person that's actually going to take it on the yeah you know take the but basically but the way i describe it it's like you're going up a mountain as an entrepreneur but you, you, you've got to carry everyone else. You could be carrying four people, plus you've got this big rucksack full of bricks, which is all your responsibilities and problems. Whereas, you know, the other people could just walk up without the bricks and say, you know, responsibility. You know, we all want to succeed. You know, what makes people happy is, the, is progress. You know, achievement doesn't make people happy, it's progress. Mm -hmm. When people achieve something, they get this real, you know, like a small feeling of, yeah, you know, you buy a new house, the first couple of days you're in there, yeah, well, look at this, we've achieved, we've bought a new house, look at a great house. You know, 72 hours later, you're back on the treadmill of life, aren't you? You, <laughs> you know, you know, the, you know, you get a promotion or you get a bonus. You know, that you have these small, like, like heights of, yes. yeah, this feels good, it's over. Uh, you, your progress is what makes people happy, you know. It's, you know, whatever we do in life, like running a marathon, actually training for the marathon, you know, running the 26 miles, when you get the medal at the end, you're happy for a day, but we go back to work, you know, what's the next thing that we're going to progress on to? Tell me where to go, tell me where to go, so we start off, I've, I've been trying to build our business to be as high a barrier to entry every year. So we always try and get a bit higher barrier to entry. What do I mean by that? Um, most people in business go into low barrier to entry businesses. I was going to say, I didn't want to cut you off because I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. But yeah, go on. Well, it, it, it's a bad thing because it's hard to get into, but it's a great thing because you don't it's compete with everyone else. Yeah. So for example, a great way to explain high barrier to entry, low barrier to entry is, um, in property, for example, if you want to go and buy a house and do a buy-to-let single let, most people should be able to do that in their life. Save a bit of money, go and buy a house, rent it out. Me, I'm at the moment trying to buy an industrial estate. Mm -hmm. And I'm the only person in this race. It's not no one else competing to buy it. So I find it easier to get a deal over the line. If I wanted to say, oh, you know, the bigger you think, the less people operate. Yeah. And that's what I like about high barriers. That's what I like about my day nurseries. You know, people, I always tell people, you should open day nurseries, really profitable. They go, well, hang on, so I don't like Ofsted. Ugh, all the government regulation. Uh, in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Less people in my pond, you know? And, and the, the bigger you think, the less people operate. You know, I always say this, uh, a great analogy on hotels as well. Anyone could probably go and open a six, eight bedroom B&B &B in any yeah. town by an, you know I will think I want to open a 500 bedroom hotel with a lazy river going around the edge 10 tennis courts you know and, and less people think like that yeah. so I want to be higher barrier to entry so less people operate so I love this personal branding stuff you know the bigger my 
personal brand is, the more doors I can open for my business, the better that I can attract great talent to come work for me. That's my primary reason for doing personal branding. Um, and you know, that you know, I had a shopping center come in and talk to me only a few weeks ago. They'd seen some of my stuff. They said, "Hey, can you open nine family entertainment centers for us?" in our shopping center. They came to me because of my personal brand. That's brilliant. So, you know, it does work, this stuff, but, you know, people give up because it's like you don't see returns for like a year, two years, three years. I know other people that have been on YouTube and they start seeing the returns at year seven. You know, that's, that's barriers there. Mm -hmm. That's friction to success. And, and sometimes that friction can, you know, really help you. What books would you say are have heavily influenced you and the way you may think now? Okay, so um, there's there's some real corkers out there. How to Get Rich by Felix Dennis is a fantastic book. He's dead now, but when he died, he was worth about half a billion quid. Um, that's a great book, a great book, especially if you plan on employing people, getting into business. Um, there's some really good personal development, good stuff in that book. Mm -hmm. um, next book, Losing My Virginity by Sir Richard Branson. That's uh, you know, a corker. Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. That is just a great, fantastic book. Uh, the Experience Business and the Millionaire Clown and Getting Customers <laughs> by James Sinclair. Yeah, who's going to plug them anyway? Who's going to. Big dogs. Um, they're the big dogs, yeah. Um, uh, if you're marketing, getting customers, anything by Dan Kennedy, they're yeah. really good books. Um, there is always, there's another, what's the other one I always say, Chance? On the three, we we did a video on this on our YouTube channel, uh, the three best business books to read. Um, Shoe Dog, um, oh, I tell you, another one, Taking People With You um, is a really good book. It's um, run by the, it's wrote by the guy that uh, looks after the biggest restaurant chain in the world, which is not McDonald's. Um, it's the it's the company that owns Taco Bell, KFC, okay. and Pizza Hut. And so together, they're actually bigger than McDonald's. That's a great book uh, for growing a business. Um, there's, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is a great book. Classic. Uh, I, I, I did listen to very recently, and I, I have to admit, I loved it, is uh, 10X by Grant Cardone. That is a fantastic book. The way he reads, that is super. Tell me where to go. Tell me where to go. He attracts or repels, mm. and I think when you attract or repel, you you bring a great audience, something. or you repel an audience. You know, and and that's why that's if you look at politics, the most successful people in politics always attract or repel the vanilla mm -hmm. in the middle. Mm. You know, you got to be pistachio ice cream sometimes. You know, you just got to be slightly different. You know, you look at someone like Donald Trump, Nigel Farage, Boris Johnson, Jeremy Corbyn. They attract or repel, and mm. and that's why they have got where they've got to. Would you see? Would you say you need that trait in business, or just being an entrepreneur? Like you've got to be on one side of the well, other. I think I think entrepreneurs do, for the most, attract or repel. Once you get to spend time with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And. Sorry, I want to make sure I formulate my question, but because you discussed what pistachio ice cream is a particular style of ice cream, my question almost is like, where where does that kind of like emanate from, or where does that come from? Because I'm obviously you've gone gone through your background, and you say you left home obviously at 17. 
for me when I went well, to for me what, yes. in context so when I started out in my business I was called Jimbo the party man and I used to go and do kids parties and I would entertain the adults it was very unusual you know usually it was like a bloke with a waistcoat bow tie and he would go in a puppet booth and that was it you know when I started you know I used to get inside a balloon make a child fly make the whole place cover in snow confetti cannons um, I would take the mick out of all of the adults in the room I was loud and some people at first didn't like me, but I started to build a following because the people that didn't like me made the people that liked me really like me. Yeah. And I could then charge more than anyone else for the, because I had a, a, you know, rather than a, a volume of audience, I had a depth of audience. Tell me where to go, tell me where to go. So we built, um, I was petrified that my hands earned all my money, literally as a magician, you know, you make all your money with your hands. So. And we, so we built an agency, that was the next thing, like an entertainment agency. Then we done an events business, then prop hire and all of that. And I just realized that, you know, this is not a great business because your customers don't repeat. Like we'd go and do a wedding for someone and they'd love us, we'd do a great job. And we'd say, look, you know, if you get divorced, would you think of us again, you know? Like there was no chance for getting this residual repeat business. Um, and that's what I love about day nurseries, for example, is you sign a customer up and they're with you for four years and they pay you every month. Mm -hmm. You know, I just prefer being around, you know, regular automatic residual customers and, and so only some businesses have that but if you have the mindset I call it the investorpreneur rule so if you see what an investor seeks profit an entrepreneur seeks opportunity you fuse the two together you're seeking profitable opportunities so now I would only look at businesses that you know that they can scale easily um, you can find management easily um, they have residual income they have high profitable sales and I was in these businesses that didn't have those things and so I had to pivot <coughs> and create an ecosystem if you like that allowed for those things to happen so you come to my farm park mm -hmm. you know that's one-off customers but we've got a, far, a day nursery on site that allows us to have residual customers we built a membership arm so you can pay by direct debit to come here as much as you like so we build all these different businesses around the core business <laughs> Moving slightly back onto the books topic, how often do you read, if you do read at all? Yeah, I read a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, I read a lot, I listen to <coughs> a lot, I watch a lot on YouTube, and I read a lot of newspapers as well. News is what I read mostly, but mm. decent news. So from like broadsheet papers, okay. not, not like... Tabloids. Yeah, not tabloid stuff. And it would be uh, driven around business and politics. Um, I, on the Sundays, you know, in the Telegraph and the Times, I love the business section, the business and money section. Uh, there's some great stuff in there. It's quite there. So it's not uh, political news, but it's around SMEs and business stuff, you know. And, and there's some little gold dust in some of those, you know, pages, you know. Yeah. What about uh, fiction books? Do you read anything like that? No. I think the last one's... That I read <laughs> were Harry Potter when I was 16, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's just not for me. Movies, damn, I love a movie. Yeah, I really do love a movie, yeah. Okay. Um, why, when I was listening to your Under the Cover interview, um, one of the things that cropped up was about building a business that someone eventually would want to buy. Yeah, so that was one, one of my investorpreneur rules. Right, so why is, tell me more about <coughs> why so Well, important. most people build a profitable job, not a profitable business. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so a business that is, you need to be building an investment that someone wants to buy off you, period. Um, so I, I realized this quite late on into my career. I'd set up a bouncy castle business, who's one of the biggest in the Southeast. An entertainment agency, one of the biggest in the Southeast. No one wants to buy those businesses. You know, you don't get private equity wanting to buy those businesses. Um, and that, that was a big failure on my part. So like when you look at day nurseries, there's pension funds, private equity, you build a good one, people want to buy it. You know, here's a big thing, right? You build a restaurant that turns a million quid that makes a quarter million pounds profit. You build an insurance brokerage that turns a million quid that makes a quarter million pounds profit. I want to buy the insurance brokerage, repeat customers, loyal customers, easy to scale. Um, how do you how do you remain grateful but still want more? Well, I don't think I'll ever be satisfied with my lot. Mm. Yeah, not not from a. I'm not really bothered about having lots of money. I just like creating things, doing things. You know, like things that really get me going. We just built a train track here at Marsh Farm. We're going to build a water park next year. You know, yeah, it's not like saying. Oh, I just bought a Ferrari, you know, I would get more kick out of building an attraction and seeing people enjoy it. Now, I am a man of profit, don't get me wrong. You know, I, don't, you know, I am a man that wants to, you know, but the profit creates more opportunities, allows you to do more stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm very, what the probably most grateful is that I'm, I feel blessed to work with people that I really like. I spend more time with the people in this room where you're filming this than anyone else in my life. And I think if you don't enjoy the people you work with, then that is a waste of life, isn't it? Because mm. money just, when you break down money, like, you know, once you have a certain amount and you don't have to worry where the next 20 quid's come from. I've, I've met people that are multi, multi-millionaires, yeah. like seriously wealthy, like, the, you know, they can't live in this country wealthy. You know, they're just exactly the same as me. They're still very, Good with their money, they don't, you know, they've got they might fly private jets and that every now and then, but actually, they're very normal people. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's about who you spend your time with that really is the, the route to success, I think. Cool. Yeah, how bad is it if you make loads of money but you don't enjoy the people you work with? Oh, awful. Well, I make sure I laugh every day I come in here, yeah. but we get stuff done too. <laughs> yes, <they're> done too. <laughs> advice would you give to someone starting out in business now and what are the businesses of the future to invest in uh, so the first one um, make sure you've got margin in your product um, focus so that you can have an experienced business so you can give your customers cuddles um, customer cuddles are really really important um, so Apple do this and Disney do this so well as they look after their customers because they've got so much margin in the product um, the, the highest possible margin is so important. Um, what to, I think of, so margin is really important uh, and thinking with what does it look like when it's finished and give yourself a finished date for your business, what your profit's going to be, what your turnover's going to be, what your team's going to be, what the culture's going to be and what do you have to do, what do you have to become, what do you have to do to have this business. So you work it out in the end of 12 months and the end of five years. You should say your business is finished within five years in most cases. And that's when it's, you build a business to sell even if you don't want to. Yeah, that's something that you was very adamant yeah. when we was at the, the network conference. And yeah. I didn't think about that until then, like until you actually mentioned it. You said, well, there you go, French. 
<laughs> that is that is the ultimate thing. You must build a business to sell, even if you don't want to, because it yeah. puts the disciplines on you to do things quicker, faster, and more efficient. Yeah, no, definitely, I agree. And any advice, any tips on the business of the future? Where are we heading down? Right. Next five years, ten years. What, what's what's really gonna so for SMEs, you should focus on the experience-based businesses. Well, I wrote this book, The Experience Business, because that means that you compete. You don't compete with the big boys. So you know you don't want to be Tesco's. You want to be Harrods, but strong and stable. Mm -hmm. you know, you know, less customers, but far more loyal customers. Big businesses have fickle customers. There's always the unicorns like Apple, yeah. a big business that does have loyal customers. But Tesco's can, you know, their their customers can hopscotch the little and Audi and Asda, you know, very easily. Mm -hmm. So the, the less customers you have, usually the more loyal the customer is. Now it takes a bit longer to build an experienced business, but that is really essential for. Uh, entrepreneurs and I believe then they should pull the cash out of that and invest it into bigger companies or into property and really mainly property um, and that's how you build your wealth um, so that doesn't tell you the type of business but you know I think um, what the businesses of the future ugh, I hate this when I'm asked this because I, I, I don't want to I don't want to it's been recorded I don't wanna, <laughs> no, no it's not that I don't because I don't think anyone really knows yeah. the world yeah. is changing so much all the time um, just, I just know that the traits of a great business what does the perfect business have it has loyal customers not fickle customers it has margin um, it has repeat customers you know when, when someone transacts you look for businesses that have transactions of four in quick successions so what does that mean the reason day nurseries are profitable and so good and so investable in my opinion is because people transact with you four times quickly that drives loyalty um, the reason Netflix is so popular is because you transact with the program or the the uh, the app if you like four times very quickly you watch stranger things you want to watch the next episode next episode next episode it brings you in and it makes you a loyal customer and that sky tv is another one you know you're always going on you know you're always using the internet you pay every month your mobile phone you transact four times very quickly if you transact just once it's hard to get loyalty from a customer and they might only need to transact with you once well, that's the that's the big problem the rule of four, very important. Hope you enjoyed listening to the James Sinclair interview, the best bits of. Um, the next guest we had on the Fully Booked Meets platform was none other than Hector, the, the guy behind the brand Wolf, Black, and now Truth. Enjoy his journey, enjoy his best bits. This was a fantastic interview with a guy who's local to all of us. Thanks for joining us, Hector. So, uh, rather than me go into depth about why you're here, what you do, what you're about, do you want to just start us off? Tell us a bit about yourself, and then we'll get into the questioning. Is that is that is that sure, good enough? Sure, sure, yeah. um, Let's see what's led me here. Started started in music business actually, working with a, a close friend of mine, Mini G, Shepherd's Bush, West End guy. <laughs> Frenchy does yeah MG so we started just doing music putting out mixtapes and going from there did a, did a, did a lot of good stuff yeah. a lot of good radio play Choice FM at the time Kiss BBC One Extra all those good stuff continued doing a few good shows and then kind of got diff difficult the business the music business became a little bit tougher a lot more saturated and mm. things changed so that was one endeavour started music Started, left music and started doing clothing. Yeah. Started a brand, 
called Wolfish Minds. It was Wolf. So you might have seen it around West London, all around right. London, all around yeah. the world. So it's called Wolfish Minds. Yeah. But I've always seen it as Wolf. Or flow. Yeah. So it was right. So yeah. have you bought one of the hats today or not? I haven't bought any uh, wolf stuff. Because I used to see I yeah. see those hats I've everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I always just see that around. Yeah, yeah. I always yeah. see that. I say, is that wolf? Is that flow? So that's your brand? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah? yeah. Alright, when did you start that up? We started that brand in 2011. Who's we? How many of you were there? Me and a business another business partner, and then eventually we were joined by two other business partners along the way. So yeah, that was but that that was birthed in 2011. And how does all right? Because I'm kind of jumping here. I do want to touch back on the music business. Go in, go in anyway. Like, but how does how does the thought process happen where you're like, okay, I want to start a fashion label. I want to. How do you categorize what you're gonna call it? How does that come about? A conversation and putting it into practice. What birthed the idea? A friend of mine came to me one day. Said, "Bro, let's start a clothing line." All right, cool. We started. This is what it's gonna be called. We started, we started setting about sketching and doing little designs. Then we went to see a graphic designer, sat down with a graphic designer, good friend of mine, give him a shout as well, Renzi, complex, good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we went to see him, sat down, first draft, second draft, third draft, final, however many drafts later, yeah. we get to the, we get to the, boom, that's our logo. And then you develop on that again. Well, we started, we started the actual clothing line Product-wise, with two hats, yes, and we were running around the street. Yo, take a picture in this hat. Take a picture in this yeah. hat. Take a picture in this hat. Till the buzz was like, wow, you man are, you man are doing bits, bro. I've seen you lots thing anyway. I'm seeing pictures. I'm seeing. I really, it's the same sweaty hat. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same hat. It's mad because that concept's in the um the crushing it book. I think yeah. it was. I forget whether who the guy was, but that person used the same same concept in terms yeah. of putting their their branding or their clothes on, on people. Uh, uh, food, yeah, Fubu, Fubu. Damon, Damon John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's the same thing. He would run around music videos. All right, put it on in, in the music video. All right, cool, can I have it back? <laughs> <laughs> I need that. I, I actually need that. I got another video to shoot later. So yeah, yeah, that was the concept, basically. But that was before I knew how he did his story. Yeah. So we, we did that. We were running around. Then two hats turned into 12 hats. And then 12 hats turned into 24 hats. And then 24 hats turned into... Boom! We got a we just got a case from China, and wow, then okay. started licking them out. The streets was the streets was buying every girl. Yo, yo, you wanna buy a hat? There you go, two for twenty five. There you go. Boom, 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 boom. Hand to hand sales. Tell me where to go. Tell me where to go. So what happens when? Where's the crossover from? Was it the artist called MG? Mini G. Yeah, yeah, Mini G. Yeah. Where's the cross- crossover from Mini G and? Wolf clothing. Okay. Or, was, or did it that stop? No, it was, and a, the clothing it was stopped. a shutdown. Me and me, me and Minnie fell out. It was it was a madness. But that's all. That's all happy days now. But me and him fell out. Yeah. I went away. I was in America for a while. Yeah. Started doing some work over there. Yeah. Came back. Was just regular job. Just had a regular job. I was I was working, thinking about the next moves. And yeah. then my guy hit me up. Said, "Joe, we should do something." Okay. All right. Cool. Boom. That was that was. October 2011. Before you started that, did you have any experience in business? So obviously you said you linked up your bridge and it was like, let's, let's set up a business. Not any, not everyone could just no. say, okay, look, cool. Let's, what was your experience before that? The experience in business, I've been around, my grandparents were self-employed. My grandmother was a caterer and my granddad was a self-employed electrician. So I would see business self-employed mm-hmm there at home for a start. My mum took over my grandma's business. Um, other businesses, 
apart from the roads, there was pretty much just 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 seeing those businesses and looking around and seeing who else was doing different stuff. Obviously, Trap Star was around at the time. Benjart mm-hmm. was around at the time. So clothing business was something that we could physically see mm-hmm. being done. So it was okay, cool. They keep going and going and going and going and going. So it was the the the, the line of things to do could be seen. And what's the deal at the moment with the Wolf Clothing? Wolf took a back seat to another brand that we started. That we started, I'd say, 2015. Mm. Wolf was plodding along, doing doing okay, but it wasn't booming. Yeah. And then we started a, we started a new brand in 2015 that was called Black Clothing, Black with a V, instead of an A. Yeah. We started that in 2015, and that was where we saw the real success rather wow. than the than the superficial success. I want to say superficial success, but like that's when we really saw the numbers moving. It was a different level of business. Before okay, you get to yeah. that though, because <clears throat> you was on the way down and P, you mentioned... About yeah, no, I didn't want to just jump so in. I was going to say, obviously you lot's marketing tactics was to put around a lot of stickers with, yeah. the, with the wolf and they're still up now. Like, you, you, still, you can drive solid. around ends and... Yeah, yeah, about, for sure. So. You could drive around the world, I'll be honest with wow. you. Wow, so... You could drive around the world and see them. I was going to ask, oh, P, you no, uh, Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean he's explained, you've explained obviously what Go your ahead. brand is and stuff like that because um, on the way up, I was telling French, I said... I was quite excited to actually have you here because I've always seen the stickers around yeah. and obviously French had the hat before and I've always kind of like tilled my head as to flow and wolf and stuff like that. Yeah, so I was yeah. quite intrigued actually to find out obviously what the brand is about. But again, obviously continue because I know you, um, you spoke about moving from one brand yeah, transitioning to well, another. The stickers, that was that was an idea I had that I'd seen more graffiti artists than a couple of brands doing it. It wasn't really a, a, a thing heavily done by clothing brands it's a graphic it's a graphic it's a graphic just throw it up and yeah it's a graphic on the, on the a, train or whatever yeah and I, I i like that culture i love it so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll i'll get my pen out and i'll scribble i've never been a professional graphic like i, I really know professional graphics now and now i know i wasn't one of them mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so so but with that i've made my i've made my mark on the world with those stickers i i, I saw what those graphics were doing and i my memory is good. Mm-hmm. So when I see something, I'll say, I saw that there. And then if I see it again, I'll know I saw it. I could see like the same person twice in a day mm. and know that I've seen that person somewhere else. Yeah. So my memory was good. So I knew that that, that method of marketing it was to get into people's minds. It was, it was to get, it was to stick in your mind. You, you would see that and you'll think, what is that? You would ask a question, but I also put the web address. Mm-hmm. So it was direct marketing, but, as well as direct, it was to stick in your mind subconsciously that I know that brand from somewhere. I want to find out what that's about. I want to do something. That's some cult. As well as for 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 us, the brand Wolf was more than just hey, buy some clothes. We're really cool. Mm-hmm. It was a mind frame kind of. It was a mind frame thing. It was wolfish minds. Was you are a wolf in sheep's clothing. You have to move with the mentality of a wolf in this in this thing here, in this thing that we call life, because it's dangerous. You have to be a little bit of a wolf. You can't just be a regular degular sheep and think that you're gonna gonna progress to the next levels. So that was part of the the mind activity that went into the stickers as well for me. So yeah. Tell me where to go. Tell me where to go. 
So part of that mindset that you you're talking about with wolfish wolfish minds was that is that birth from being on the roadside or is that birth from reading books or just life experience? I'd I'd say a combination of oh it's definitely a combination of being on the roads. We were around, grew up in Acton, Shepherd's Bush. Acton is a crack town, so mm. being in and around that and seeing that, you think, all right, cool, those guys are wolves. Mm. you see <laughs> those guys are actually wolves but they're out on bad wolves mm. and I can't afford to be one of those out on bad wolves because that's a dangerous game to play is the jail or the cemetery we all know the story we've seen mm. it played out several times so as well as not wanting to be one of those guys you have to work out alright so what do I want to be I want what they have but I don't want to move the way they move mm-hmm. so I have to move like a wolf mm-hmm. but I have to dress a little bit like a sheep mm-hmm. so from a from a from a corporate standpoint, you also want to move manoeuvre in a certain way to get to where you want to get to. So that's another side of it. So like I said, it's a combination of all three. We wanted to actually be the wolves mm-hmm. about and move and get what we wanted done and, and be a little bit aggressive, but also, no, we're nice guys, don't worry. We come through nice, don't worry about it. That's why that's why it's backwards. It's about what do you see when you look in the mirror, not mm-hmm. what does everybody else see in you. What do you see when you look in the mirror? That's dope. That's yeah. Dope. How did you link up with ASOS in the first place? And is that what catapulted you so that you could move production to China? Or was that already no, in the well, making? How well, did it work? Production in China... It's not something everybody wants to do. Yeah. It's not. It's, I wouldn't advise it Why at this it? point. It's expensive. Uh, our, our our first our first interactions with China was you you send off. You say, right, this is what I want to do. Make this hat for me. Send me a sample. Boom, sample comes. Yeah, this is great. This is lovely. Do me a batch now. The batch comes. What is this? It's different. It's, there's big ones. There's small ones. There's off ones. There's crooked ones. It's, it was. It was. It was. It was a mess. So that kind of burned our our experiences with with manufacturing in China. Yeah. We got. We still got some good stuff that we got from them, mm. but there were bad experiences that that bad experiences that put us off going back to China. It's a. It's a. It's a tough. If you're not there. You're not you're not overseeing yeah, production. I've that for yeah, so you're, you're not overseeing production. If you ask for a discount, this is something we learned early. If you ask, no, can you do it cheaper? They'll say, yeah, sure, we'll do it cheaper, and they'll do it cheaper. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. They'll do it with a lesser quality. They'll mm. do it, and that's what we found. No, yeah, no, can you push the price down a little bit? Yeah, sure, no worry, cool. Boom, you get your product, and the price has been pushed down in quality. It's a reflection in what you've asked for. Yeah. So. That's that's what led us to manufacturing for ourselves. Okay. To be honest, yeah, that was one of the, one of the one of the things that made us to want to do it for ourselves. So we we started. We went to these guys over, and we we not too far away. They're just down the road there. Good guys, but we we tried to go and work with them, and it was like, yeah, cool, we can do this, and yeah, cool, we can do that, and then it didn't. The relationship didn't work out straight away. So we said we're gonna do this for ourselves. So we. Went, got some equipment, screen printing equipment, and we went and started manufacturing for ourselves. That this is before black, so this is mm. gonna be, this is gonna be, fourteen going into fifteen. Mm. Yeah, we started we we started screen printing for ourselves. So that was another catapult into the changing of the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And how does the relationship with, with ASOS come about then? Talk me through that. The relationship with ASOS, it's, it's not as difficult as it's most people would be, think. Yeah, yeah like... On, from our side, we're gonna tell people, man, it's mad hard. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna tell people, oh, yeah, it's hard, but you gotta jump through ten hoops. But initially, for us to put an application, they approve your brand. If they like you, if you got the correct amount of products, if you've got you know the the correct photography stuff and things like that, and then boom, you're in the game. Mm. So yeah, that 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 was a game changer for us that did you go through a rejection period with them or was it a case of your stuff was on point to begin with no we was we was on point we were on point from the start okay yeah moving away slightly from your journey i know obviously we'll get back into it yeah, sure. what you're planning to do and everything but like obviously on here we discuss books and their impact on uh, our lives and how they can better us so mm. In regards to, I guess, reading, like, have you, are you an avid reader? Do you read a lot? Do you know, I've been through, I've been through avid reading periods and then fallen off for a while and then gone back to reading and mm. I'm in a, I'm in a better reading place now, so that's good. I'm, I'm back, back, back to reading. I'm, I'm, this is my, this is like my Bible sometimes. It's a go-to. Yeah, this is a go-to. I read this consistently over and over again yeah. to kind of remind myself of the importance of what is, they speak about in in this book mm. and what the uh, the points are and the the secrets that you need to keep in focus all the time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've, uh, this is this go to. I recently just I'm halfway through um, the art not giving a fuck. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is I'm finding that I, I I can apply it to myself a lot mm -hmm. at this point in my life. So yeah, these are these those are my go tos. But yeah, over the years, a few good books, definitely. Mm. What got you into into reading? Was it a case of did someone suggest it, or was it a case you picked up a book and you thought, "No, nah, I enjoy, I actually enjoy this moment." I I'd say my mum was always a reader. Mm. I was always like around books in my house continuously. My mum would be in a book rather than the telly or the magazines or mm -hmm. anything rubbish like that. Mm -hmm. My mum would read, so she would she kind of let me know that that was a good pastime mm. rather than just consuming idiot box stuff yeah, yeah. so yeah my mum my mum was a reader so yeah from school I'd say from school I read a, I, there was a book called uh, what was the book Baby Father I think it might have been called okay one of those books it was a, it was a fiction but that when I read that I remember the, I remember the story they went on to a holiday player that played the last Americas and it was a boys holiday and stuff like that that kind of made me think oh yeah I could dive into books mm. and and reading books and watching films and realizing how much better the book was than the film yeah. made me want to read more books okay so see when you was like when you was doing your you first started doing your your businesses initially <laughs> so from the wolf closing clothing was there anything that you was reading at the time then that we could say all right this is going to help with my marketing i'm going to read richard X branson so yeah <clears throat> yeah reading reading richard branson mm. and understanding the concept of not trying to do everything yourself mm -hmm. and understanding that you've got to hire and uh, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, yeah. people that know more than you, people that specialise in things that you don't specialise in mm -hmm. that can help you do what your objectives are. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was a that was a good a good read. 
in the beginning of the business, Richard Branson. I mean, you seem to have um, had like an entrepreneurial mind from early. I mean, that thing you just mentioned there in regards to surrounding yourself with different personalities, let's say, with different skill sets. Have you found that easy or hard? Because me personally, I found that, I don't want to say hard, but that's something which I've had mm. to work on, dare I say, in that almost entrusting people with my vision, dare I say. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. how have you found it? Um, not difficult. It's It's... It, it will force you to humble yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel that it's done for me. It's forced me to humble myself and say, I don't know everything and I can't actually learn everything that he mastered, that he mastered and that he mastered. I can't master all, all mm-hmm. of those things. So he needs to come <laughs> stand next to me. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd say it's, it's humbling to know that you can't do everything, but at the same time, you need you need those you need the people around you. So yeah, if you want to progress, you have to say right, cool. You know that, all right? You can stand there and do that. But I can't. I haven't got time or patience. Or it's not just not my thing. Mm. It's just not some things are just not your thing. And and more and more you'll realize that. More and more. And what so, skill sets did you feel you needed straight away based on reading like one of your, one of your, like your first few books, the Richard Branson book? I need to read that. In fact, yeah, I knew that. Or straight away, I wasn't a graphic designer. I I I like to sketch, but it's actually, the first one, yeah. But actually, converting that and using Photoshop and Illustrator and Corel Draw and all these things and seeing what my graphic designer could do, as opposed to what I what my mind could do and converting it from my mind to physical form. Mm-hmm. Now I can't do that. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's tough. So now you made that your job. Even like some of the some of the processes in the business, I realized now that's not actually my thing. I haven't got the detail in my hand mm-hmm. to screen print and to 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 design and do all of the things that needed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So I have other people around me, and mm-hmm. we work together as a team to mm-hmm. do those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you definitely got to play your strengths. And 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 be accepting of playing your position. Mm-hmm. Know know what your position is. And try and try and, and try and execute and excel in your position, and knowing that other people's roles are for them. Yeah. You can't do everything. Of course. I don't know who I was talking to recently, but they were talking about investors. Now, is it a case of due to your visibility, investors will gravitate towards you, or have you gone in search of investors? I know it can work both ways. It can work both ways, and it. it it's a tennis game sometimes. It's a tennis game. Like if you if you got a, a an investor that's interested, you got to play some tennis with them and like look what we're doing. They'll look at what you're doing and they'll say, "All right, cool. That's what you're doing. This is what I'm willing to do for you." No, tennis back again. No, this is what we're really doing. We're doing more. Come, and then it comes back and then it, it's, it's it's always it's in the negotiation. So. And I'm sure this is quite a simple answer, but I mean, do you find you have to take your brand or your product to a level before you start getting involved in this tennis game? Or is it a case of sometimes you can sell your concept and hopefully the investor mm. will buy into the vision and the and the journey? It's, it's it's different for all businesses, really. It's different. It's different. So for us, we had we had our ball rolling at the time that we started talking to our investors, but. Once the investors came in, it was a game changer and it was like, oh, this is what we're really capable of doing. So we kind of had to show a vision, so to speak, but we also were already on the pitch. Oh, and just, just a bit more detail. Did um, 
Did you know what you're looking for in terms of investment? I don't know if that's too personal, but like some people might be inexperienced as to what they've got mm. and the, the value of what they got and may not know where to... I don't know. The ju- I don't know. I'm, I'm almost like the beginning phase. Like, what's your value? Sorry, that's what I'm, I'm getting. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely hard to value startup businesses. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what you've. What there's, there's a lot of detail that goes into it. That there's a lot of guesswork and a lot of projection and a lot of forecasting that sometimes isn't all the way detailed and factual because you're making estimates. Mm. So. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. It's tough at the beginning to really establish real solid, you know, hands, so to speak. It's it's tough, but it worked out all right, to be honest. That's good. It worked out okay. It came through. <laughs> yeah. Black came around. We had a we had a line in like a like a, a line in Wolfish Minds, there was a black range. There was a range of black clothing. It was all black on black, just black T-shirt, black prints. There was a hat, there was a hoodie, there was a jumper. There was a black range. So that was that was kind of the first instance that told us that this was a thing. And also we checked the statistics. We looked at the statistics and it was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was a uh, highly searched term. Black. Then, yeah, the word black. It was searched, wow. so we thought, okay, cool, let's go, boom. So, how do you check something like that? That's a great question. Uh, there's loads of different things. There's there's Google Analytics. Yeah. There's uh, we at the time we were looking at we were looking at Alexa, which was was um, it would show you the rankings of the websites. I haven't looked at it for a while, so mm. it would show you the rankings and and traffic and. When st- you say Alexa, what do you mean? The website was called Alexa.com. Okay. Yeah. Alexa. The same Alexa where that people... No, um, no, no, okay, no, cool. no, no. That's what I asked. Like, yeah. Because that sounded like before his time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, it's, there's no connection at all. Okay. There's no connection. So there was a website that you could go, you would check the statistics of anywhere. It's probably still there. I'll, I'll have a look. I haven't looked for a while. I keep thinking you're going to say statistics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a huge, that's, a huge, that's your thing, isn't it? I've, I've, I've actually got a document somewhere in one of my G drives that's statistics. Just because. Just because I wanted to have it. Yeah. But yeah. No. Yeah, no, you could go, you go and check the, the statistics from any website you want. You could go and check your yeah. own, check somebody else's. Mm-hmm. You can see the statistics. The statistics. I'm gonna say it by accident. So. <laughs> you're good, bro. You're good. Yeah. Um, yeah. See what the traffic's like. See where they where they um, where the traffic's coming from. See what the conversion rates are and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. Is that is that site still available? Let's I haven't even looked for a while, bro. I okay. need to have a look. I definitely need to have a look. Yeah. I'll check it for sure. So you've checked. So basically, you've checked the statistics. <laughs> I can't even say it properly, but you've, you've checked. You've seen that black is one of the most search words anyway. Like, yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say the most search words anywhere, but yeah, it was good it was for what there. we were doing, and we yeah. we already had a foot in it, so we thought, yeah, that 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 could work. So yeah, yeah, we um, we, we started we started black clothing. It initially started with black t-shirts with just white. Right. Monochrome. It was just monochrome. Yeah. Started doing that, and we was doing a bunch of bootleg stuff, Drake tees, Drake's woes, stuff that we sold consistently for years. Just Drake slogans and different, just different stuff. Just slogans and pictures and loads of different, different, different bits. So black initially started as like a like a 
I want to say spoof, but not spoof, yeah. but like that kind of kind of thing. And then it just developed and developed. And eventually, what what was the the kicker for black was plain black hoodies. Selling plain black hoodies and then selling every plain hoodie going. Just selling untold black, beige, brown, red, green, yellow, blue, purple. Loads of plain hoodies. No, not even writing on it. No not logo, even, nothing. No logo, Is there a reason nothing. why? Is there a reason why? It I mean, because it's. Just, I, don't know, I don't even know what to say, but I mean, it's just plain. It's not like it's. It may be distinctive, but I'm trying to think is it really distinctive? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Zero distinction. Did it have the black label on it? None. No. Some of them did. We did. We did have black label stuff that was selling as well. Like we we sold a load of black clothing that said the bro, the brand yeah. black on it. But our our booter. Like every time we'd have a look at the statistics, plain black hoodie was number one mm. for years. Mm. So that that was a that was a it was a king. It was a it was a king. So that was. 2050. Black king. Yeah, black king. it's all yeah. about black kings, man. <laughs> and the, the sidebar, but black was about yo, this business is black guys, but that was low peak. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't the face of the brand. Yeah, but yeah. if I'm I'm speaking to my black bros and I'm yeah. still, I'm yo auntie, why is your brand called black? Auntie was asking me why is your why is it black? Yeah, do you know why? Because we're black guys here. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the low P thing. But realistically. Black people's not our core our core customer. Yeah. If we only wanted black people to be our predominant customer, we would not be successful in business because there's not enough of us mm. buying enough of our, of our own stuff. But we Thanks. sold all around the world, wow. everywhere. Pick a country, we sold clothes there. I'm learning new countries from selling clothes there. Anywhere, like Europe, them... Everywhere. And what's your jump into going into different markets? Because you mentioned something about selling like stuff with Drake and stuff like that. And I got a, a cousin <laughs> who would turn up at a Drake concert or whatever and he'd be flinging hoodies out and be picking up bags. Yeah, there's money. So like, is that, was that something that you were doing? Almost like guerrilla tactics. I mean, was you doing stuff like that as well or was you going no, like we were, different we weren't out. We were, we were online. We, 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 made, we, made our, we made our moves online all day long. But it would be similar markets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people that were that were Drake fans they yeah. would be looking online for their stuff so we at that point we diversified we were selling all over the place eBay Amazon Etsy Depop there was there was multiple platforms as well as as well as ASOS as well as our own site so yeah all those people would be coming through tell me where to go tell me where to go yeah, yeah. and tell me this <coughs> So you've got stuff on ASOS. Say like, so you had those hoodies that were flying. Mm. How often do you meet? Would you meet up with ASOS? And is there a point where you say, do you know what? We're doing numbers here. You need to cut your percentage that you take, or how does it work? We had those conversations, but they're not on it. They're not budging. Yeah, they're not budging. They they are they are strong enough to to hold their position. Yeah. They they know that they bring us enough value to say, nah, we'll, we'll no, nah, we'll just stick at this percentage. It's all right. Cool. You'll still stay. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna leave us. <laughs> you know, there's there's not many alternatives to what to what they offer, to for us to say no. Take take the, the value down, or we'll leave. No, we probably won't. But by the same time, was you did you have your own platform in which you were? Yeah, we still stuff? had our own platform and our own website, but they were the they were of course yeah they the, draw the, a huge traffic. Yeah, they they were doing they were doing they were doing the better statistics. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me where to go. Tell me where to go. 
So throughout throughout your journey, how important would you say your your mindset's been in regards to mm. going from from point to point A to point B and the transition from I guess the wolf clothing to black clothing into where you are now, where you want to go? Mind frame is in my mental state. Yeah, personally, yeah, just everything business wise, personal wise, um, like business wise, I've had to make a lot of improvements and a lot of a lot of a lot of sacrifices in life I've had to sacrifice loads time with my family time with my kids mm-hmm. time for my personal self mm-hmm. so I'd say a lot of a lot of the time during this past four or five years I, I'd honestly say I've, I'd neglected myself my personal developments mm-hmm. so as a for the business I'd say I'd, I'd done that my mental state it's, it's been ups and downs. It's a rocky, rocky, rocky terrain. Mm. Being in, in being self-employed and being in business, it's rocky terrain. Anybody you know that's in business will tell you it's it's a tough place to be. There's pitfalls. There's bad days. There's bad years. There's bad weeks. So you have to you have to maintain strength and maintain focus and maintain maintain your sanity a lot of the time. And um, I mean, it's funny. I was chatting to someone outside about him talking about he's had a, a bad year-ish mm. and then in the car, chatting to French about how I had a bad day. I mean, obviously, me, yeah, me talking to French, obviously that's someone to bounce sign cough. But at the same time, obviously you've, well, not you've, but we've got books as well to which you can um, almost solidify your thoughts and your reasons as to why you're doing and the path you're going mm. down. I mean, mm. do you generally have to bounce whether it's your thoughts, opinions or solidify your 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 path with anything? My wife, for a start, I definitely got solidified with with the missus. Like, she's she's the rock. She's she's the one that's gonna hold it down when, yo, we had a bad month. Yo, mm. we had a bad quarter. She's the one that's gonna she's she's gonna bear the brunt of that. She's gonna be the rock. So that's number one. Um, I've got to bounce it off my partners as okay, well. Yeah. We've got to, we've got to be in in unison. And if it's not, that's when there's problems. So. That's that's the and my mentors also, so I bounce stuff to my mentors. Yo, this is what's happening. This is what you know. What you should do. Da, 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 da. So we'll, we we that's those are the 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 core three things, three places. There, there'll be others. There'll be come across friends you have a chat. Come across other friends that I know that are in business. Yo, listen, this is where I've gone. Yeah, do you know what? Hold it down. Keep strong. Da, 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 da. These kind of conversations. So yeah, that's. Yeah. I think it's important to uh, kind of like let people know really because I'm sure people know obviously there's pitfalls in business but I mean I'll say to to Mason or to French that I mean I said recently I'm in a great place as to where I am but Mm. I mean there are days I'm like what is going on here I have no idea what's going on you know what I mean like today has been a a weird day whereas yesterday I thought you know yesterday I was quite happy yeah yeah, of course you have to pick yourself up definitely like over the over the last over the last I'd say 18 months to two years it's been a it's been a rocky terrain again so I've had to maintain focus and maintain my mental clarity and maintain myself and say right now nah, you're gonna you're gonna actually get through this period here so yeah and anyone tell you can't actually plenty. I was like okay plenty of people now nah, you know what this is why you don't do business this is why you don't get into business with xyz this is why you should just get a regular job and this is there's plenty of people there's there's a there, there's more people telling you that than anything else does that fuel you on or does that deter you does that kind of i guess put um doubts in your mind depends on the day bro mm. depends on the day on a good day I look at them and laugh and think you are trapped yeah. <laughs> on a very very bad day 
<laughs> Hand me the application form. <laughs> give me an app. Give me a show me the site. Give me to mm. job something on a on a bad day. But yeah, there's there's, there's different days. There's, yeah. You got you got to take it as they come. Really, realistically, very. You got you got to really understand what it is that you want to do. Are you capable of doing it? Have you got the team around you to do it? Have, have they got the skill set around you to do it? Have they got the drive that? that is needed to do it have you got the drive right now that's needed to do it mm-hmm. all these things are all these variables there's loads oh, the tea, by the way. thank you thank you very much truth is birthed out of situations within black and wolf and this is the key word that stuck out to me straight away. Like it's important to be to tell the truth. Mm. So that's where that's where I'm at in at, with this brand here. Like tell mm. the truth, tell your truth. And for me, truth now is more than it's more than just a brand. Like we've 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 always had brands that were more than just a brand. So it's inevitable that this new brand is more than just a brand. Mm. This this truth is about your truth, his truth our truth, collective truth. The truth is the truth, no matter what. But you will have your own individual truths that you need to come to terms with, your own individual truths that you need to need to portray or want to portray. There's there's one or the other. You can you might not need to tell everybody your truth. Your truth is truth to you. It can you can just keep it if you're if you got things that you like to do, if you're a homosexual, if you're whatever the weather may be, like does your truth keep your truth to yourself if you want to, or have your truth externally to the world. But be truthful. Mm-hmm. Tell the truth. Don't lie. Don't be dishonest. Don't don't take anybody for granted. Don't do anything that you wouldn't want done to you. Tell the truth. So that's where that's that's this this brand. And I wanna grow it into what you guys do, podcasts. What's your mm. truth? What's your daily truth? Every day, every day you'll see a daily truth. This person will come French and will say, right, this is my truth. I've been here, I've done this, and this is who I am. Every day. Mm-hmm. And last question for myself. What's the plan for the next five years, if you can share it with us? What's your truth? <laughs> my truth. My truth. First and foremost... To be very honest, is personal development mm-hmm. is is doing all the things that I should have done in my previous businesses, learning all the things that I should have learned that I didn't learn. Personal development is number one. And number two is opening up a space for other people to be truthful about who they are and a, a, a hub. Come, tell your truth. You want to... You wanna, you've been, you've been through this, you've been through that. What's your mental health state? Like a lot of, a lot of men, black young men in in mm. our generation, in our circles, have gone through, have Hello. gone through stresses and horrors in life, mm-hmm. and they, they, they can't talk about it. They, mm. they, there's nowhere, there's no outlet. They, 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 we're we're in a we're in a society that says no, hold it, hold it together, just hold it together. Don't tell anybody your problems. Keep it, just shut up. Don't, 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 don't bother explaining don't even try and get over it just shut up and carry on moving so for me we need to have these conversations because there's a lot of lot of lot of us that have suffered that have have been through traumas they're, they're, they're not words you're exaggerating <laughs> they're not words that I'm exaggerating traumas how many people you know that's that's been to prison that's 
that's lost their friend, that's lost their cousin, that's lost their brother, that's whose dad wasn't around, whose mums wasn't around, whose whose grandparents died, who's they've seen their friends, they've they know crackheads, they've seen friends turn into crackheads. This, there's there's traumatic incidents that have happened that people have not come to terms with, that people have not spoken about. They haven't had their moment of truth. So for me, it's an, it's a new era in the world. Like we 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 are a lot more open now to actually having conversations about what it is that we've been through and where it is that we're trying to go and how we're going to get to community cohesion, especially amongst young black men, but in the wider community as well. Like, Dave down the road, his truth is kind of similar to yours sometimes, but you don't have those conversations because you and Dave think that you're two completely different guys. But it's not. If you got told the truth to each other, you might find out that you've got a lot in common. So, yeah, that, that, this is... This is, this is part of that as, as well for the next five years is developing brands and developing a hub for other people to come and do what we have done come through we'll show you the pitfalls we'll show you why it's hard we'll tell you the truth about what's happened to us in business we'll we'll, we'll show you okay cool we went to china you don't need to go to china because your brethren actually does some manufacturing down the road but you lot don't want to work together he ain't even told you the truth about what he's doing because he doesn't want he doesn't think you're ready or he doesn't, you don't think he's ready. So there's a lot of coming together that, sh- that needs to be done. Needs to yeah, for me, that's, that's, that's the next five years. Mm-hmm. Just getting, getting my business models down, getting my business models planned and organised and detailed and focused, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, cool, man. Um, I've got three last questions for you. I don't know if P, if you want no, to No, 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 no. Um, I'll start off the first one. What is your three top values that you apply to your business? Three top values. Honesty. Mm-hmm. Consistency. And what's the last one? Honesty and consistency. And just the, the, the ability to go the extra mile when you're in a team to look to the left and right of you and say, right, we're moving together. Mm-hmm. That's important for me at this point. Like, let's all move together and, and stay solid. Let's lock arms. We want to move forward. We're better as a team than we are as individuals. So, yeah, team team is definitely the, the, the third one. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I love that. Um, second you. question. Um, if you had a, a wish, uh, a wand, mm-hmm. but you could have three wishes... Mm-hmm. But it has to be three realistic wishes. What is that? Yeah. So it, could, it, it can't be like oh, I want to. I want to wish for another wishing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like okay. It's okay. got to be actually realistic things that you can almost do, but you would need. I don't even want to put too much emphasis on. Yeah, it. yeah. Just if you could wish for three things, three realistic things, what would they mm. be? I wish for the truth. Mm-hmm. Tell the truth. Speak that truth all the way round. Mm. Be honest. Live honorably. What? Everyone or yourself? Everyone. Okay. Like everyone, myself included. Like I might not tell you the truth all the time. But I might hide admit something from you. Yeah, admit the I, truth. I, I might admit the truth. Yeah. So I, I might, I might need to be more truthful sometimes. Sometimes mm. I don't tell everything all the time. So for myself as well, that 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 is truth is definitely number one. So yeah. be. Be truthful about what it is. 
if you if you're having a bad day, tell the truth. If you're having a good day, tell the truth. If somebody's done you wrong, tell them the truth. If somebody if you're doing somebody wrong, tell stop doing them wrong. Tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's number one. A, a, a truthful landscape. Number two, hmm. Number two, number two, is not needing to rest. <laughs> if I could wish to not need to rest, bro, yeah. if I could work 24 hours a day with, obviously, rather, rather, okay, let me not say rest, but if I could, if I didn't have anything else to do, mm-hmm. if I if I could say, all right, cool, I'm going to work 10 to 10 and then work some more after that and not need to have to actually sleep, man, I got to sleep, man, I'm tired. Damn. That that would that would that would be good, but yeah. but as well as make time for 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 leisure, which is important. Mm-hmm. So that's need, not needing so much rest. Um, just a third wish. Let me see. I apply it to myself. Consistency. Stay consistent. If I get up at seven today, get up at seven tomorrow. Get up at seven every day. Mm-hmm. Stay consistent. If I put 110% in today, put 110% in every day. And that's that's for me and everybody else, to be honest, as well. Mm. Yes, yeah, just stay consistent. Yeah. So it kind of, it kind of reflects the, the first question, to be honest. Yeah. Hopefully it's not too bad of a repeat. I might get another one. No, 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 I'll get it. No, I'll get it. Um, I guess the last one would be, what three books couldn't you live without? <sighs> Think and Go Rich is definitely number one. Um, something that I've really, really, really dug into this week, brother, is the art of not giving a fuck. Because mm. the subtle art of not giving yeah, a fuck. Yeah, the, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Because I've realised that there was things I was giving a fuck about that I didn't need to give a fuck about. Mm. And there was things that I really, really needed to give a fuck about that I didn't give a fuck about. Mm. And realising that if you give a fuck about too much little shit, you don't really focusing on the big shit that you need to give a fuck about. Yeah, it's true. I, I really wish someone did a fuck count on that book, <laughs> <laughs> That would be cool. Because I've been listening to it on audio as well, so it's like, damn, this fuck, like, every third word is fuck. But yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely the second book. Um, I'd say, I'd say that the Richard Branson book that I read mm-hmm. yeah that that's 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 the free because that that taught me a lot that taught me a lot like let others do what they're good at let mm-hmm. others do their passions yeah. that was that was the core thing that I took from that book mm-hmm. as well yeah for sure those three cool alright bro yeah nice no, sweet man Excellent. I was going to say as well um, do, you, do you listen to just last a last question I know I said free but don't uh, worry, do man. you listen to audio books as well yes for sure for yeah. sure for sure for sure like I'm I drive places mm. and I'm, I work with my hands yeah. and I've got kids and yeah so audio books I find it, in this new age audio books are not new to be honest but mm. they're a lot easier to obtain like YouTube is a is a endless audio books yeah. and then you got apps on top of apps and new apps coming all the time with audio books so definitely audio books i say is is good because you don't have to have that book in your hand mm-hmm. and stop and keep the book with you and oh man i left my book at home no but i didn't leave my phone i mm. definitely didn't leave my phone <laughs> yeah. i definitely didn't so i've got my headphones or i've got my aux or i've got my bluetooth and i'm mm. 
So, all right, cool, book time. Kids, no. What do you mean you want to listen to Coco Melon or flipping Baby Shark? <laughs> no, we're not listening to Baby Shark today. We're listening to a book, and hopefully they'll get it too. Yeah, they'll, yeah, of they'll, they'll, they'll consume. Yeah, they'll, they'll consume some of it as well. Because mm. like in my, in my car, I'm not listening to just the same repetitive music over and over again. I'm, I'm, I have to take myself away from LBC because I want to hear what's going on in the world. So mm-hmm. yeah, audiobooks is is definitely a, is definitely a goer. Everybody should should try to consume an audiobook mm-hmm. rather than listen to the radio every mm. now and again. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. the radio, you heard that song yesterday. You probably heard it 20 minutes ago. Mm. And you probably heard it on the same station 12 times today. So why are you listening to it again? You know all the words now. <laughs> <laughs> Try and know all the words to this audiobook. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely audiobooks, man. For and sure. podcasts, fully booked. Uh, <laughs> fully booked. Yeah, podcasts, <laughs> podcasts is a new way, man. And there'll, yeah. there'll, be, there'll be more. So keep keep an eye on truth.co.uk. There'll be, we'll be doing some podcasts. I'm Definitely get you guys down. Yeah, we'll, 100, we'll, 100, we'll speak some truth, man. Yeah, Definitely, well. man. Because I like what you like what you guys have done, man. I remember, I remember seeing you in the gym, yeah. just having a conversation with yeah, the brothers. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> just, just, I remember when you first started this, bro. Yeah, yeah, bro. Nah, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. I Definitely, it, bro. Nah, appreciate keep it up, man. Appreciate what you lot do, bro. For sure, for sure. Shout out to you, man, bro. Definitely. Much appreciated. It's a pleasure, Hector. Thanks, thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you, people. Watch your truth. Make sure you, you like, subscribe, leave comments. We want to know about your truths too, yeah? Hope you enjoyed the best bits of Hector, a.k.a. Wolf, Wolfish Minds. So the next guest we had on the Fully Books Meet platform was none other than Kaya Kazi. Spiritualist, mentor, activist, you name it, he is it. We really enjoyed this convo. It went into various different avenues and it really, really, really was an in-depth and great convo into, li- into the life of Kaya Kazi, his beliefs, visions, and thoughts. So Kaya, give us a bit of background, give us a bit of brief, give us a bit of description. We want to know what you're about, why you're here, where you're from, what you've come to do, what you've come to explain on the podcast, and why Ooh. we brought you here. All right. It's about 10 questions in yeah, one. we don't play that's, here. That's hella you questions. Know. All right, who am I? Yeah. Um, How would you sum up Kaya? Kaya, come from? Ooh, originally from South London, moved to West, and um, found a part of myself that was um, it was dormant. When I was in South, I was just more or less just on the road. I was always interested in knowledge, and when it comes to God, like I would, I'll give you time. Anything away from that, I just wasn't interested. I was really anti. But when I came to West, um, I came to West when I was about 19, I found my call. I felt like I could be a lot more relaxed in West London, whereas when I was in South, it was all more just gang, gang, gang. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? It was a lot more aggression and just the kind of person I was in general just had to change. So, yeah, moving to West London, started to develop different parts of myself and I became... Seen as, um, I don't know, you could see me as like a community leader, community figure, a mentor to a lot of the youngers. And that was after doing some badness on the roads in West London as well. I won't lie, I'm not going to. Okay. Like so... I came over here and I just calmed down. I was doing some badness over here as well. Okay. But it got a lot more organised when I came to West London. And... Um, what, the crime? Yeah. <laughs> 
the Quango a lot more organised. When I was in South London, it was a lot more... More Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, more sporadic. Right, and right. It was crazy. But when I came to West London... That's yeah. what we do over here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and um, it just worked for me, man. Mm. And it just naturally, the character and the person that I am, it just allowed me to flourish. All right, so... Teenagers spent in South London, mm-hmm. moving very chaotic, very mm-hmm. crazy. What what moves you over to it? Is it the fact you just know you need to get away from the area? Is it a girl? Is it you got family here? What, what you know moves what? you to over to West in the I'll first keep instance? It, I'll keep it 100 with you. Yeah. Um, out to my cousin's shots anyway, because he loved you to bits and pieces. At the time, I was going through so many different things in South. I had beef and all sorts of things. Mm. But it wasn't even a thing that I was running away from any beef or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was literally a thing where the home situation for me was more or less non-existent. Yeah. So it was a case of I was on the road, so anything was going. Mm-hmm. So my cousin Shots, the selector's choice, he's doing his thing out to my cousin. Mm. He was like, yo, plus, you need to come stay with me. And he literally only had a hostel. I came to West London. A lot of people don't know I came to West London with a racksack, one pair, one suit of clothing. Mm-hmm. Literally, bro. And I built myself up. Obviously, I know you from from that day. Yeah, so. French knows me from from those times as well. Yeah. So yeah, so I can recall like even when we were first meeting, you was very knowledgeable, like well read. Mm-hmm. Like for someone that was like the same age, like I used to read from back in the day, but like you, you was very knowledgeable in a lot of, uh, I guess, spiritual things, mm-hmm. um, things that I wasn't, I guess, in your daily papers mm-hmm. and gets yeah. taught in school. So, where did that come from? All right, so um, when I, <laughs> that's a very good question, man. Uh, where I really started to search for myself was probably the age seven, I was brought up a Rastafarian and um, I used to see a picture of um, the emperor on the mantelpiece and it just didn't make sense to me how... Selassie. Yeah, how he could be God. It just made no sense. Because mm, he was a man. He, he's a man and he's in a picture. I can see him. How can he be God? Mm. It just didn't make any sense to me and so many other things just didn't make any sense. So um, I was always inquisitive, but it was, it was when I got kicked out of um, secondary school and then I got sent to a pupil referral unit and then I tried to burn that down and then my dad was like, no, I, I'm going to send you Jamaica, in it, Kai. If I don't send you away, I'm going to end up killing you and that's the reality. Mm. So he sent me to Jamaica and it was actually one of my auntie's um, husbands who sat down with me one day and he showed me a Maccabees Bible and he was telling me that if he was found with the Bible by certain people that he would get locked up. And I was like, what? You lock you up having a Bible. And I was like 12 at the time, so it made no sense to me. Why are you going to get locked up for a Bible? And then he was showing me certain things, and then I was like, wow, okay. That was it, bro. Mm. On it, on it. So I've just been seeking knowledge since then. <laughs> Obviously, we all have a connection to the creator, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. It's something that I acknowledge from a very, very, very young age. Mm. So I, there's not many seven-year-olds you can talk to and they tell you about connection with God and them sort of things. So I feel like I've always kind of more or less been guided to where I am now. And that's led me to the path of knowledge. So when I came over to West London, the first thing that was hitting me in West London was um, Islam. 
Mm. And it's not even a thing where I was looking for it. It was coming to me. Mm. Couldn't run from it. And the way that it was hitting me, it was hitting me hard. I mean, I'm going up to random people in train stations, for example. Like, there was an old woman. I'll just give you this one example. And um, she was sitting down with um, one of them trolleys. You know the trolley that the old people have? They keep mm, them yeah, yeah. You know the one, the checkered with the bear. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking, <laughs> it? So um, I've walked past this woman and I'm on the phone. It's the London Bridge train station. I'm on the phone. And um, I've got to the escalator and somebody said to me, come off your phone, go and make sure the woman's all right. And at the time, I'm not going to lie to you, I was still on the road. I remember I was kind of icy that day. I mean, my, the, the wrist was shining, the, the fingers were shining, the neck was shining, everything was, you know, everything was tied up still. So I've gone up to the woman and um, as I've approached her, she kind of taken her back, like she was a bit scared. So I said, no, 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 I just want to make sure you're okay. So she said, I'm not doing anything wrong. So I said, no, auntie, I just want to make sure you're okay. She mm -hmm. looked like a very old black woman, head wrapped and everything. She looked frail. And I'm thinking, mm -hmm. why are you even there? It's mm -hmm. a big issue. You look like you're too old to be doing that. You mm -hmm. see what I'm mm -hmm. So um, she said, no, I'm fine. Um, and then she'd open up the top of the trolley to show me what she's doing. Then I've seen big issue. So I was like, wow. <clears throat> I said, okay, are you okay? You don't need anything? She said, no, 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 okay, I'm fine. So I leant over, gave her a kiss, and literally people are looking at me, fam. Mm. Like, what are you doing? The fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah. She's probably homeless. Because mm. I looked saucy. I'm not even going to lie. I was dripped. Mm -hmm. I was dripping, fam. I was still. So gave her a kiss, and I've turned around and I've walked off. As I'm walking off, she said, son. So I said, yeah. She said, go in the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful. And I was like, wow. <laughs> Like, I've never seen myself as a bad person. Yeah. Have I been mischievous? At times, yeah, I have. Have I done bad things? I have done bad things. Mm. But I know I'm not a bad person, mm. you know? Like, one of the last things that I've done that made me decide to turn my life around was mm. me and one of my cousins actually went up in a drug house to rob it, strapped up and everything. And when we've gone up in there, we're seeing mothers in there as well. Even though it was what it was, mm. I don't want to see you lot in here, innit? You see mm -hmm, what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And we've come to do what we've come to do. One of them's all talking about, oh, yeah, but, um, oh, please give me back my phone because I've just got in contact with my daughter and rare, rare, rare. And at the time, no one's being left with no phone because no one ain't phoning Jake's when we step out of the door. And part of me was like, you know you can't do this because like, this woman's crying and this is sincere. You know, she's telling the truth. Mm. She just got in contact with her daughter. But no, you're here to do what you're here to do. So I had to do what I came to do, bro. And when I left, I was like, fuck this. I'm not doing this no more. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. Or no, but I was too, like, bro. I'm not doing this no more, innit? <clears throat> I'm not doing it anymore, fam. And that was it for me. I, it was, yeah. So how does a 21-year-old H? decide to switch his life around? What what path do you take now? What do you do? This is probably all you've known for the last several years, right? Islam. Okay. Islam. Okay. That's what happened, bro. I was living in a hostel, and um, the way that me and this guy connected, he's one of my closest friends to now. The way that me and him connected, like his family is my family, he lives in Dubai, but I will go, like Ramadan, I will go and sit down with his mum and dad and mm -hmm. eat and wash dishes and all them kind of things. Family like that. 
when I met this brother, I was just already interested in Islam. It, it was just there. It was just there. Then he gave me some books, but he gave me about fifty books. What kind of books? Just different books on Islam, but not the basics like oh Quran books that are making you think outside of the box, even as a Muslim. Mm-hmm. So I was like, right, I'm gonna feel this dude still. Plus, he was on the rapping thing and all of that as well, on his Egypt vibe and rare, rare, rare. Called himself Pharaoh, and at the time I was on <coughs> kind of studies myself. Mm. So me and him just connected, didn't it? We just it was just strong from, and um, I started to work. All right, so I've gone and got myself a job now. I'm off of the roads, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And my blessing came in because I was making like four and a half racks a month, certain months. Legal. Legal. Yeah. From yeah. doing what? what I was doing telesales. I was yeah. selling mobile phones, fam. Mm. Yeah, I was so good at it. I even walked past a mo- um, phone box that was ringing one day. On my life, most high let me down if I'm lying. The phone box was ringing. And I said to my two colleagues, I'm going to sell that person a phone. And I sold that person a phone, fam. <laughs> yeah, not there and then on the spot. Mm. I gave her my um, the direct number for me in the office. She called me the next day because I said, "Oh yeah, sorry, we're out of the office. The office now. You're entitled to a free mobile phone package. Um, here's what you need to do. Anyway, she called me the next day. I just patting it real quickly in it. Got the card deals in it. Smashed it. So that's what I was doing. But I was still reading in it. So I was going mm. into work sometimes and I had these books. But there was a a, Beng- a Bengali brother there, Manik. And he was like, brother, this is good what you're reading, man. This is good what you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Islam, man. You're interested. So I was like, yeah. But he wasn't pushing me. No mm. pressure. Any questions I had, he would answer. Then it got to the point where I started praying with them, man. And then more Muslim brothers were coming, like, this one's from there, that one's from over there, that one's over there. And certain times I'm even chilling with them, man, on our lunch break. And certain times I wouldn't even like, I'm smoking weed on my lunch break in the park and that. And there was one brother called Shahid, yeah? Bro. He'll be standing up talking to us, and then you see Shahid look at his watch, and he'll be like, Yeah, brothers, it's morphing time. So, what are we talking about? <laughs> My man's gone in the corner. He's already got his do. He's already clean, ready to pray. He takes his jacket off, jacket down on the floor, bang, he's praying. Cool, no problem. Mm. No pressure. Still coming back to us, and, you know, no pressure. Just leading by example. Mm-hmm. Leading by example. So, anyway, after all of that, and me praying with the brothers at work and all of that, they was like, Bro, I, was, I even started getting to the mosque with them, fam. I haven't even taken shahada yet, you know. I'm, I'm reciting al-Fatihah and certain other things and the rest of it. Then man is laughing at me like, come on, Kaya, bro. Like, what are you doing? You need to just come and take shahada, man. You're ready, bro. You're ready. <laughs> like, what's going on? So that was it. Took shahada, um, became Muslim, and that was just before Ramadan. Cleansing, it wasn't hard after that. It wasn't hard after that. You know? So I began cleaning up my ways. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I did use Islam for that. Okay. Obviously, me knowing you, like, mm-hmm. what part of, I guess, when you started rapping, was that to do with being on the road or was that being from reading and, and taking up Islam? It's nuts, because um, when, when I tell people what made me start... Like MCing and spitting and the rest of it, they they start laughing. It's actually MC Skibber D who ended up biting me. I don't care if you hear this Skibber. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's a legend, you know. You beat me, Skibber. You and Style, you and Stylo G made that too, and Stylo as well. Yeah, you need to fix up. 
Yeah, because you know what I mean? You've done that tune first and then you and Skiba try to come up with the with the different areas in London and all of that. But anyway... The, um, on it, man. Yeah, but Skiba D... I used to go around MC enter with a street fighter mm-hmm. when you can inside the arena I still know it and I used to do that in years you know what I'm so I used to go around MC and other people's lyrics and I was like nah man I want my own lyrics mm. and then I started listening to certain other little bits and pieces but my main influences to actually start writing and the rest of it are people like Skibba D mm. um, Nas DMX Tupac Ninja Man um it's just random people. And you'd be like, what, how do you even put those people together? Like, Bounty Killer. What? You like Bounty Killer? Obviously, people hear my music now and they're like, right, I can't even place your influences. So, my music journey, the first time I actually performed was on stage with my mum, Acton Town Hall. Okay. Packed it out. There was a Rasta event. First time I performed and it was just natural for me. That was it. I just knew. This is me. So I started MCing. It was drum and bass. And then after that, obviously I got sent to Jamaica for a couple of years. Came out from Jamaica. People, things were changing up a bit. People were starting to tap into garage more and all of that. So I started to get into that, the garage thing. And then I won't even lie. The rapping was just before I came to West. And it was my cousin again, Shots. He was like, cuz, like, you got too much content for, for bloody um, grime. Like, what are you doing? Because no one went really spitting like that before, other than like me, Asher D, and certain other little people. So man was a setter, man set pace when it come to content on um on garage and that. So um I just stepped away from it, man. Started rapping, that's H2O, put mixtapes out there and the rest of it, and that's it, man. The rest is history. But my music has always been reflective of my life at the time, what's going on with me. Mm. So. In the early days, it might have been like bus beer gunshots in a drop top. Just started, now never gonna stop. MCs get now I'm like lollipop. You see what I'm saying? But then <laughs> now it's more like I never been afraid of the truth. Spit flames on a beat. You brothers are afraid of the booth. We saying to the youths. So it's all switched mm. now. You see what I'm saying? Like it's totally different. So now I can give you the the OG's perspective of the road, whereas before mm-hmm. it was I was on the road. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Deep on these streets with a cheek full of class, eh? Deep on these streets and we speak really class, eh? But I will say, to stop you, because mm. every time from early, you've always, obviously, speaking on the roadside or whatever, yeah. but, like, it's always been more than just that. Like, because you've obviously been well-read from early, yeah. so you was always so, dropping yeah, a lot of dropping, yeah. in what you're saying. Like, you might, like, I guess you'll be in a class of, like, your Akalas or... Um, Oh, what's the other brother? Oh, don't put me in a Carlos class, dude. And the reason I say that, yeah? <laughs> no, but I'm saying in, 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 like, in knowledge. Like, when you're, I'm just talking about in knowledge. But, like, when I'm saying a Carla, what's the other guy? Loki. Mm. Loki that, that all day. Kind, you, kind yeah, of man there, do you know what I'm saying? You can say Loki all day. Why not a Carla? Do you know what, yeah? I keep it 100 with man, innit? Mm. He does his thing the way he does it. Mm. I do mine the way I do it. Like, I don't know. I remember like seeing videos of my man like when he used to do his music thing and the rest of it, and, like rapping Mob Deep's lyrics and so another little vibe. Like, cool, you stepped away from all of that and you're about this. But to me, the vibe that I get, it's just like you just want to just be that knowledgeable guy and um like, yeah, look at me. I'm I'm Dr. Akala. 
and I'm up here and I can speak to you in this manner because I've got all this knowledge now. And a lot of people are taken back by it and it's actually stopped them from reaching out to him for certain things. Mm. Now, what I will say is I love what he does with politics. Mm. You're a politician. That's what he is. So that's why I would say, like, don't compare me to Akala because I'm not a politician. No, I was, do you know so what in, I was saying? So I was just more of a, sense, in content sense in terms of actually rapping and spitting knowledgeable bars, whereas mm-hmm. a lot of rappers they rap, just, they, they just rap for rap, raps. Rap they for can the rap their arse off and it's entertaining. Mm. But at the same time, <laughs> you want to listen to something with, sub- with substance. I and that's when, what you've always kind of had from yeah. the get-go. Do you know what I'm saying? I think because I've always... Um... Yeah, I see what you're saying now. So even when I was doing, like, the badness... Mm. There was still content. Yeah, in there, yeah, there, yeah, there would be content. There would be content. Like I would even on the garage thing, I would say things like the black and black violence. Sure, I hate that. If I shot about it down, would you rate that? And um, all these mm. sorts of things. So yeah, I did. But then that's just the essence, you know. Like mm. who you are is gonna shine through your music, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So as I've grown, my music's grown. So now people might play the the balance album that I actually made like ten years ago, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, "Right, yeah, this is dub still." Mm-hmm. And my dad I, liked that album still, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I play, if I play some of the tracks I'm making now, they're like, "Bro, I didn't think your music could get any better." Okay, but you've matured. You have, you know. And then like recently, I've had um, like my cousin Lickle said to me like, "Yo." Kazi, one thing like I love about you and your music thing is the realness, isn't it? Like you put you into your music. Mm. But he's like, where you gone now, blood? Because mm. I'm I can't really I can't really hear you how I used to hear you. I'm saying, what do you mean? He's like, blunt, like you need to allow yourself to be like vulnerable on mm. the track again. He's like, your vulnerability's gone, blood. Like, you need to just be open, just be who you are, innit? Yeah, but it seems like to me, just from this interview even, that you're very open and honest and you will speak the truth. So why do you think that's not, as your cousin said, why do you think that's not shining through in your music in terms of the vulnerable side? I think with, with, um, with regards to what my cousin's saying, obviously he knows certain things that I've been through mm. and... He probably thinks to himself, like, right, how come like, I haven't heard you speak on that, like, like, where you at? You see what I'm saying? Like, there's certain things, it's like, you don't want to talk about them. Like, fair enough, you're putting this positive message out there for people and the rest of it. What's going on with you, blood? Your life. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So, yeah. <sighs> It's nuts. It made me, made me have to, yeah, look into myself still differently and reflect. And um, I've recorded two tracks since I've had that conversation with him. And yeah, the content mm-hmm. is there still. At the moment, I've got a company with my partners, Jamal, and Paula, it's called mm-hmm. OMG Education. Okay. Which is Outreach and Mentoring and Guidance. And how was that formed and set up? Was Jamal actually started the company um, a year and a half ago. Okay. I joined him just over a year ago and yeah. we built it up. Paula joined. 
Paula's the teacher. I'm a mentor. She's also a mentor as well. Yeah. I'm a mentor. Jamal's also a mentor and okay. youth worker. And we've come together and um, we've got OMG Education. We do traineeships for 16 to 24-year-olds, mm-hmm. which encompass film and music production, employability skills, functional skills, um, work experience, and um, just loads of other different things. Excellent. With regards to my music, like my life has always, um, well, since I've decided to walk this path, my life has been about giving back. Mm-hmm. And obviously just trying to reach out to young people in um, in any way that I can. So whether it's with my music, mentoring or whatever, I feel like I'm serving my purpose. So I took a break from the music, but because I'm doing the traineeships and everything now, that's what brought me back to it. So right now I've just rebranded myself. That's why I'm Kaya Kazi now. Fresh music, fresh content. Um... We're working alongside GRM daily mm-hmm. at the moment. We're doing community events. Wicked. And we're just looking to keep building on those. The first event was just football. Sorry, the first and second events were just football. Mm-hmm. But we've expanded it now. So the last one was football, basketball. We had um, some industry insiders yeah. actually come and give a talk as well. So like, there was a little seminar. Where have these events been? This has been in Poplar. In, okay, um, East London. Uh, yeah, a youth club called The Workhouse. And we literally just take over the building once a month. But what we are looking into doing now is taking it all around London. Okay. So we can be in different places once a month. Where can people find out more about OMG? And how do you, do you get government funding? There's different ways that we work. So, um... All right, so one thing that I was doing recently was going into schools delivering workshops. So how do you get that? Sorry to keep cutting you. How do you get that invitation to schools or do you put yourself out there? I put myself out there. Yeah, I'll contact the schools. Okay. Contact the schools. And um, at the time, I first first started contacting schools was to um, offer free mentoring. Excellent. Because the, the European Social Fund had a pot of money where a certain amount of young people could be mentored. So... In order to access the, the money, all you need to do is go out, get the referrals, mm-hmm. sign them up, deliver the mentoring, then you get paid on results. So um, I was mentoring hundred and about 115 young people for about four months in like four different schools. So on average, I was seeing about 15 a day. Um, the traineeship and everything else is still going on in the centre every single day. The Vice Channel actually um, paid for us to deliver 10 workshops Mm. in 10 different places of education, schools, colleges, or wherever we chose to, around um, knife crime. Okay. Because my younger brother works for the Vice Channel and he has a film called um, On a Knife's Edge. Okay. He's actually won three awards for it. Big boy film. Mm. Um, And sadly, it's actually about the younger brother of some some brothers that I know who was murdered in South London. You reckon that fun, you found that on YouTube? You found it on YouTube, YouTube. yeah. On, on, a, knife's on a Knife's Edge, yeah, yeah. On a Knife's Edge. It's done by Vice. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's got one point something million views now. Mm. Uh, he's Yeah, he's done well with that. And like I said, he's won awards for it. So, yeah, the Vice Channel were funding some of those workshops. The European Social Fund and the Skills Funding Agency fund the traineeship and the one-to-one mentoring in the schools. Okay, excellent. And that's how it goes.
Aside from the spiritual stuff, what kind of tell me about other books that you've that have kind of helped you in terms of self development, in terms of developing you as a person? The Alchemist, um, the Manual for a Warrior of Light. That's the Manual. Pa- okay, go on, sorry. That's another Paolo Coelho book. Yeah, all of his books are just dope. To be honest, you'll get something from all of his books, and sometimes it's like he's just writing f- for me. Literally, everyone feels that. Literally, covered the alchemist, and then he had the um, manuscripts found in Accra, and I was like, "B, why are you like, why are you going to Accra?" And then mm. like the Witch of Portobello, I'm like, "B, I'm in Grove." Like, <laughs> then like the Manual for Warrior, like, "B, I'm a warrior." Like, <laughs> <laughs> do all of this. So yeah, his books. Um, what other books that aren't really deep? Obviously, Forty Eight Laws. Um, you put me onto the the New Earth. The New Earth, mm. bad, boy book, bad boy book. Um, the richest man in in Babylon. Babylon. Yeah. Um, there's been a, there's been ugh, countless. Do you know it's nuts? Because I remember one day I was I was having a conversation with my dad, and he said to me, "Papa, me forget more things than than me can remember." Mm. And I didn't actually understand what he meant. Mm. He has forgotten more knowledge than he actually remembers. That is how much knowledge he has acquired over the years. And I was like, wow. That's, that's something I was going to ask you. How do you cultivate like everything that you read? Because I know for you personally, you've read many a book. Yeah. Um, I think the best way... The best way to get something from a book is you need to apply it. Let me see if this is real shit. Mm. It's going to work for me. Let me see. If this is real, Mm -hmm. I'm wasting my time with this one. And then you really know pretty early if you're wasting your time with something. One of the books that's um, stuck with me, and um, it will always be there, is um, The Holy Tablets. That was written by um, Malachi Z. York. Mm. And that's a collective of information. Um, Sumeria, Islam, Christianity, Judaism, Hinduism... Um, then it even goes into the start of creation and certain mm. other things as well. Also goes into psychology. And people are like, what? Because when I used to hit people up certain times, they'd be like, yo, have you done psychology? No. But they're like, how come you're able to talk to me here about the conscious mind and the super conscious mind and the, the subconscious and this and that and the aware mind? and the... How do you know all of this? I'm like, Malachi York. What? Yeah, being Malachi York. Spirituality, psychology, sexuality, all of these things are one and the same. Tell me where to go. Tell me where to go. So what's the plan going forward? What's the plan for H2O? What's the plan for Kais? The plan... In all honesty, my bros, like what I want to do and what I'm working towards right now is just bringing together as many organisations as possible that work with young people and um, (coughs) just taking control of the situation. Working with so many young people and seeing so many young people on a daily basis, because we get fed a lot of stuff through media, through media outlets and depending on like, 
on the politics of the time yeah. or just depending on the agenda within the media at the time, it, they're portrayed in certain ways. Yeah. What do you see on a day-to-day basis? Is the media correct in the way they portray certain <laughs> things? Or are, uh, they, are they not delivering to us the stories of people going through certain things, which is why there's kind of, there's kind kind of, of things funny. happening? I'm not even going to answer that normally. I'm going to give you a lyric. Mm-hmm. All right. I know I sound like a driller when I speak because I grew up with the drillers on the street. You don't like the drilling and you don't like the drillers on the road. Well, how are the drillers going to eat? You are not above them. They are on the level of the shard and you are on the level of their feet. They turn to the plug when they need some food for their yard. They're out peddling B. This life ain't a game for these youngers. They're in a corporate street, yeah, they all want to eat. They see the connectors, they're funders. I know it all sounds peak, but it's truth that I speak. Yeah, you people are safe in your bunkers. But the road's getting cold, kids need new clothes, and these packs will pay for the jumpers. You don't know until you're told, or maybe on a day that you're shown kids blazing the chrome, doing some anti-ting. You know it ain't safe in my zone. You stay in your home, because you know how it goes. My people don't play when they roam. They want some next tip. You got much bigger problems than Brexit. Deal with the road. Don't neglect it. Hear the truth and accept it. So that's the levels, bro. Hard, bro. Hard, bro. Love, 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 love. So that's the levels, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The kids are in situations like one of my students is locked up now. Mm. And the mad thing about it is I was in a very similar situation as him. But it didn't come out on top for me. And now he's sitting down for six months. And what burns me more than anything is the fact that he was just defending himself. Mm. He's come so far, bro. I've done so much work with him. Like, he's turned his, his life around so much. Little young G from Hackney. To the point where... The last KA um, commercial that was shot, KA's just released a new drink called Reloaded. Okay. It's mm. an energy drink, yeah? Yeah. He was the creative director of that. Serious. And all the other all the other young people that you see are my other students. Mm. Yeah? And it was Lauren from GRM Daily who actually organised that for us. And um, when she's approached him, She's like, yo, look, I've got this for you to do. He's like, all right, cool. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get them not to do it. And I'm not even going to tell them about the money that I'm gonna that they're going to get. Because mm. they're going to get paid for it as well. He's like, I'm not going to tell them about the money. I want to see who's really on it and mm-hmm. who's down to do mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what he done. He patterned everything, had everyone in place, doing exactly what they were to be doing. Mm. Got paid his money, got the rest of the money, Dished it out to them. They're like, whoa, we got money. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do I say that? Then I want to see if you lot were serious. He's sitting down in jail now. So this is my life, bro. Like, I'm not leaving this anytime soon, innit? Yeah. Like, I'm very passionate about this. So whether I'm doing my music and putting it out in the music, like, all right, cool. So I was doing stuff with Operation Shutdown. I don't know where we have any. All right, so I was going to ask you about that. Still. <laughs> yeah. I was going to get to that. All right, so Operation Shutdown is a consortium of um, bereaved mothers, families, and people who have lost loved ones, youth workers, teachers, so on and so forth. So we came together to campaign about the anti, um, like about the serious youth violence, and just mm. to make some changes. You know, so one of the first things we done was we shut down Westminster Bridge. How did we go about doing that? <laughs> Literally, just got the numbers up for him. Mm. Just took over the bridge, isn't it? <laughs> just shut it down. But the police weren't even moving anti, because they're like, do you know what? 
we actually agree with you, you know? Mm. We do agree. Was no one pe- got arrested. Was it Pete? Was it the Peaceful. youth? Was it the youth? Was it um, parents? Was it teachers? Like, who was the main who was there? Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Literally, Across fam, the board. everyone that you just named was mm. there. Grandmothers. Young children. Everyone was there. Mm-hmm. In total, there was probably about 200, 250 bus. Not even that many. Mm. But enough to shut down Westminster Bridge. And even when we ran up on, like, the Google offices and the YouTube offices, there wasn't more than... Two, than um, how many of us were there? I think 17. <laughs> I was the only man that was there. Covered ourselves with blood and all of that. Went to YouTube and Google offices. It was all over the news. We had news reporters from Australia and India and playing... Why are you even here, B? What was the purpose of that? Basically, there were... Uh, so when we made a list of demands for YouTube mm. that we wanted them to um, adhere to. So things like allowing these videos where the gangs are sending for each other mm. to remain on, on YouTube, saying, no, they need to come down straight away because mm-hmm. this is festing the beef. Mm-hmm. So how can they pol- how can they police that? Because exactly, there's uh, I've got there was an interview that I had on Sky News, mm. and I actually addressed it. So what's his name? Um, the big news guy. Oh, one of them. One of them man there still <laughs> asked me just that. So I broke it down. There's a lot of young G's out there that aren't working, right? They understand the slang, right? Mm-hmm. So why don't you employ them? <laughs> Mm. We've had this conversation with YouTube, fam. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Had this conversation. Because, all right, so when we went to YouTube and none of that, the director, the actual director of YouTube UK, came out to us as well, innit? Like, he saw levels and he's like, all right, cool, like, we need to arrange a meeting, come back and we do it properly. Mm-hmm. So we went back to have the meeting and we just stuck it on him. I had a list of demands. Some of the other people had demands as well that we all compiled together. Mm-hmm. Stuck it on them. What we wanted them to do, changes that they need to make. Crept mm. and Conan, I don't know what I'm to these brothers, jump up, they want to throw us in their video talking about banjo. At no point did anyone in Operation Shutdown say that they want to banjo. Mm. Oh, are you in, uh, have they featured a clip of. Yeah, so in their video, the, that, the last video that they yeah. made called Banjo, they've, they've got a clip of yeah. Operation Shutdown in there, yeah. I've got three last questions for you yeah. that I'm going to be asking every guest. So mm-hmm. the first one is, what are, the, what are your three top values that you bring to your business or company? Dedication, understanding and experience. Cool. Um, this one's a bit off the wall, so just bear with me. If you had three wishes mm-hmm. and you could have three... Um, not... You can't wish for anything in terms of... It has to be a realistic wishes. So if you had three realistic wishes, what would they be? I'd wrap it up in one. Go on. I would wish to have a life so perfect that I would not need to make any more wishes. Good answer. Last question. Yeah. What three books could you not live without? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! You better extend the studio book in time. <laughs> <laughs> The Mind Scroll. The Mind Scroll. The Holy Tablets. Mm-hmm. And The Black Book. Cool. The Black Book. I've not heard of that. Yeah, The Black Book's um, it's one put together by Malachi. Malachi Zed York. Mm-hmm. Potent. 
potent, but that goes into like psychology, cool. like the mind scroll. Mm-hmm. Those books, yeah, what I what I took from those books has um, made my foundation, my core. It left the imprint. Mm-hmm. Strong. People want to find out more about you if they want to engage with you on a professional level. Mm-hmm. Where can they reach you? You can um, find me on Instagram, Kayakazi, K-A-Y-A-K-H-A-Z-I. Or just look for me on um, Facebook, Kaya H. Osborne, O-S-B-O-U-R-N-E. OMGeducation.co.uk as well. The website. Just for that, bro. Mm. Does Just OMG have an Instagram page or any social platform? Yeah, yeah. OMG Education. OMG Education, yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks for joining us. It's been, it's been a blessing. Me, it's been a big blessing. Mm, I've, I've learned a lot and I'm Appreciate glad that we had you on the show. As usual, please like, subscribe, leave comments, leave feedback. And yeah, look forward to, to hearing more from Fully Book Meets. Mm.